0: And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jyes and Jedi. Ten Jedi. A project that began with clone wars, and now they never end.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J. Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, The Batch strikes a deal. I just realized, like... Like, this is Wikipedia's um, summary, and every time I see this and they're like, The Batch, I'm like, do mm, don't love that name. The Batch strike a deal to take on a mission, but their target target isn't what they were expecting. There will be... Hey, Omega wrote a Rancor before it was cool. We're talking about The Bad Batch Episode 5 Rampage this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. What do you think about the batch?
2: Like calling them, like, oh, the batch. Well, I watch this guy who prank calls people, mm-hmm. and and he like uh, he he plays a character that like masturbates while he's calling yeah. sometimes.
3: Uh huh. But
2: but he you know he'll talk to him and he'll be like yeah you know and he'll find really like religious or right wing commentator you know really uptight people and be like talking to him and be like you're a really good. Good looking guy. what are you wearing there? And like, and then he'll always be like, "Well, you know, I'm kind of famous for, you know, calling calling up and and batching off while i'm I'm calling. oh, and he usually gets by with that because you're like, what what does that mean? <laughs> so that's what, yeah, so it doesn't work for me because that's what I associate it with. maybe I the think, BB
1: because that's what you know when I type my notes instead of I like, like writing out the bad batch, I, I usually call them like BB. Just the double
2: B, the double Bs.
1: Yeah, it's just it's easier to How
2: write. About the...
1: Or just even just like the guys or the boys or I don't I don't know. The, there's something the about crew. just calling the crew. Like there's something about calling them the batch. Like I just I hate that name. And every time I see it on Wikipedia, I'm just like, ugh,
2: <laughs> gross. The Batch. How's your week? Not bad. Pretty uh, pretty low impact so far. Didn't do any. Nice, quiet time at work before spring when it's all going to go crazy.
1: See, that's kind of where I'm at now because the pollen is starting to come out. And so, like, the last few days, I'm just like, it's so nice outside. Open all the windows. Why can't I breathe? Yeah, we... <laughs> like, I was just telling Chris before, and I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. my car, like, is starting to go from red to orange. Let's get a nice shade of yellow
2: on it. <laughs> so, last week was beautiful. We had 60-70 degree days and now we're back. Today we were up into sunny 40s, but yesterday was bitter winds and 20 degrees. <laughs> so, we're having our little last gasp of, of winter, which can go into May in this town. Has <laughs> I've I've seen snow in down. May. Yeah, I've seen snow in May. So, but probably like pretty soon we should be getting fairly nice here. But we're we're still a little ways away from when the the leaves come out and the pollen dumps.
1: Mm, mm. All of our flowers, all of our trees have already flowered, and they're starting to go from like flowers to leaves. And
2: yeah, Now, yeah, you guys have are... the like. That's where the, you you're where live where the pollen's at. Like you you have the oh, places yes. where you see. The people that, like, whack the trees, and then you see just, like, a cloud come off the whole tree. Yep,
1: yeah, because we were, um, our, our lawn guy was, like, nearby, and I saw him with the, um, leaf blower, and I was just seeing yellow just coming off our driveway, and I was like, close windows now! Yes. <laughs> close all the Put windows! Put on a space
2: helmet.
3: And
1: I was telling Chris beforehand, I'm, like, having to, like, um like wipe down our cats when they come in because Zeb's starting to come in. Zeb's easiest cause he's cause he's a black cat so you can see all the yellow on him. Yeah. Ugh but the girl so it's that time of year where I hold them down and wipe them down with a wet cloth and they hate it. <laughs> they absolutely hate it. So yeah. <laughs>
2: hey my cat hasn't attacked me all day. Yay! Great day. I'm, I, uh, I'm, br- I'm brushing her as we speak right now and she hasn't clawed me yet.
1: And in the uh the absolute absolute uh saddest tiniest tiniest violin playing the saddest little song. I think my really cheap three dollar mouse is dying.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, as they will. <laughs> it's starting
1: to, like, double-click on everything. So I'll click yeah. once, and it'll be like... 3, 3, <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't close windows. <laughs> tiny, tiny, sad violin. I have to go it's get another $3 like, I'm pass. sorry
2: I was made out of wishes in China. It's This is how it works.
1: It was this made?
2: That's why they call it wish.com.
3: Huh. It doesn't
1: tell they, me just have,
2: they have Chinese children chained up making wishes, and... Outcome the and like, you know, they're little kids, so their wishes are weak. So out come these little weak mice.
1: <laughs> My mouse was made Sometimes in America. Conditioners.
2: Oh, God, I can't believe Americans keep little Asian kids in as hostages. Where are you going like, on this? <laughs> I'm just going in the tasteless direction. I'm I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying.
1: I, I'm um, this is almost like a borderline Yoda rant where I just sit back and just like let you go and just sit here and just being like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're gonna open up that that mouse and there's gonna be like two paper clips and a and like a wad of gum in there. And,
1: it's gonna be like two paper clips and an actual mouse.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like a just a starving baby mouse. It's like holding a holding a little joystick in its hand shaking going help me
1: <laughs> so yeah i have to go get a new 3 dollar mouse because hope hates touchpads touchpads are of the devil
2: i hate touchpads too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm 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 so advanced that 10 years ago i got a trackball mouse and now like if i ever have to get another mouse it's got to be a trackball mouse i'll never use another moving mouse again because i love i just love not like I, I like with with a mouse like when you go off the mouse pad it, you know you're you're scroll around and you're like wow not with this not with my little baby
3: so
1: bad batch talk about the batch
2: uh let's batch it up
1: what do you think let's of this
2: episode? batch it out <laughs> i thought it was a good episode um it had some some really neat moments in it, and uh, the, I I didn't think it was a great episode. It was a fairly like this really is kind of like a normal episode. Like this sets up a for, a first season format for for a Felony show of like mm-hmm. now they have a base of operations with a friend. Now they have a friend. And uh, although you know at this point you're you they're they're you know keeping Sid mysterious and possibly you know not you know not trustworthy, but you know, that's the kind of character she is. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, they're set and and they're setting up a little format, which is they need money, so they gotta do stuff for Sid, you know, so now they've got a source now they've got an income. and uh yeah, so it's this is sort of a little. Little prototype for a, a bit of the format of the show for for a while.
1: Yeah, you pretty much explained described how I feel about it. I I think it's a fine episode. I mean, it's not anything super stellar, but it's definitely not bad. It's got um,
2: some really good moments in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's like a lot of like little. It's it's not as media as, say something like us talking crosshair committing war crimes. But it's fun, and it's an important episode because it really does set up the rest of the the season. So, yeah, Yeah. I I agree with that. So, all right, well, thanks for listening to Checkout.
2: Good night, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody. Well, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. Rampage is the fifth episode of The Bad Batch, and it aired on May 28th, 2021. It was written by Tamara uh, Betcher Wilkinson and directed by Stuart Lee. Some extra information for you. Sid is voiced by Rhea Perlman. Her other works include Taxi, Cheers, Matilda, and The Mindy Project. Bolo, who is the Ithorian regular in Sid's Parlor, is voiced by Liam O'Brien. His other works include the Naruto series, Avengers Assemble, and he was Lieutenant List in Star Wars Rebels. O'Brien is also the voice of the Zygerian leader, Rainey. Ketch, the Weequay regular in Sid's Parlor, is voiced by Sam Riegel. His other works include the DuckTales reboot, Amphibia, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And... Very fun side fact, since they're both playing the regulars in Sid's bar, Liam O'Brien and Sam Riegel are both main cast members of Critical Role, and they are the voices of Vax and Scanlan in The Legends of Vox Machina, which I tried my damnedest to find a place to slide in a Vox Machina joke somewhere. And I couldn't find a good place for it, but I, I I'm sitting on this now because the moment I actually realized I was like, oh my god, that is Sam Reichel. When I heard the Weequake talking in the background, I was like, it's Scanlan. So hope it hope is going to try and find a place to put in a Vox Machina you know, joke somewhere since they're both here. Anyway, Chris has no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I, I know it's probably some of that um
1: it is an American adult. Animation show, and it's very good. It's a may yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. No, because you <sighs> don't make hope go on a rant because I am salty right now about animation.
3: <laughs>
1: uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh uh, I No. no, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't you be coming into my house when animation is trying to like, hi- like go for a new deal and get paid equal work for doing the exact same amount as their live action counterpart, and then the Oscars fucking slighted them and all oh, the animators are mad right now like it, like the animation like when you have Phil Phil Lord like tweeting out and putting much pretty much putting the academy on blast for like thanks for fucking over our medium on public television when we kept you guys from bankrupting here's our receipts what do you think 70% of a marvel movie is the fucking animation, and you come after our medium? Fuck you, Academy! As well as they're all trying to, like, na- like navigate these negotiations to get equal pay, because animation writers do the exact same fucking job as live-action writers, and they make less than a quarter of the same amount. So don't you come for my animation right now. I'm salty.
2: Okay. <laughs> I don't like the Academy either. I think they suck. Yeah, yep. uh, I mean, if we're if we're if we're if we're airing grievances, I think Nick Cage should have been. He wasn't. I don't even think he was nominated, but he should have won Best Actor for his role in Pig.
1: Yeah, I don't. He wasn't nominated.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crime.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Everybody, yes. go
2: watch Pig with Nick Cage. It's a wonderful movie.
1: And watch the Legend of Vox Machina. Chris, it's on Plex. It's fantastic. You should watch it. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. Uh, anyway, where am I? Um,
2: Tip your yeah. animator, folks.
1: Tip your animators and support them as they're their... Um, and that includes, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, that includes animators who make Star Wars because Disney, Pixar, and Lucasfilm are all in these negotiations as well. So if you like stuff like The Bad Batch and Clone Wars and Resistance and Rebels... Go support them so we can get more of it. Uh, Matthew Wood reprises his role as Bib Fortuna. And some other extra stuff. Sid has a variety of items in her office, such as a clone trooper and Mandalorian helmets, as well as a Wookiee fur over her chair. uh, Definitely a nod to the history of Wookiees and Trandoshans hating each other. Oh, there we go. I felt it coming. And finally, Moochie is a baby Rancor. The exact same species of creature that Boba rides in his finale of The Book of Boba Fett. Which I do have notes about. So, uh, Do you know who else rides creatures?
0: Yoda has ridden many creatures. Mm. That's
1: actually my question. I, my question was, um, I, I knew you had ridden your battle goat in Clone Wars. Yes. but ha- Have you ever ridden a Rancor?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yoda had Rancor for pet. Uh huh. Phil.
1: Phil, fill the Rancor.
0: Fill the Rancor. Lived lived in in Jedi Jedi housing with Yoda for a while.
1: Until he gets too Jedi Council
0: did not like. Oh. Did not want too much Rancor poop. Rancors. Did you- Mark territory, you know. Yeah, Yoda, clean up after your rancor. Mm, that's what janitors are for. Would know, Yoda would say? Why hire janitors if cannot clean up rancor poop?
1: Did you it, just ride the rancor into the council room?
0: Yoda just no. Yoda got an apartment with just didn't want to cause trouble, too much trouble.
1: Aww, small, I already
0: small apartment in Coruscant with with Phil.
1: Oh, Phil! Was he a good rain No.
0: Oh,
1: did it no. eat somebody?
0: <laughs> uh, um, not that Yoda knows of. Did you no, try to? No, that would be a, that would be a crime.
1: Did you try oh, to no. feed Yaddle and Grogu to Phil?
0: No, no, no. No, Yoda would just, like, let Phil out at night, like a cat. (gasps) Oh!
3: That's what those reports were about. nocturnal
0: rancors are, must go out, yes. Just go wander Coruscant, yes.
1: That's what those reports I read were about. That was Phil?
0: Yeah, it could be other rancor. (laughs) Other? Coruscant has sewer rancors. Like, yeah. get <laughs> a little baby raincore eats the, eats the space cat and flushes down toilet. This Rancor.
1: isn't this isn't Florida where you like flush snakes down the toilet when you're done with them.
0: where is this Florida?
1: Yeah, you don't like free your tiny like baby alligators because they got too big.
0: Tell that to the sewer rancors.
1: Florida is where all the Sith come from. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, we, we need to get rid of Florida.
0: Okay. Yoda will do.
1: But you might actually let it's warm, and there's a lot of resort places, and... and
0: do, do they have swamp?
1: Yes, lots of swamp.
0: Well...
1: Yeah, there's, Why there's... you
0: badmouth this place? Sounds like it's right up Yoda's alley.
1: Cause it's hot and that's where crazy people live and they...
0: they... Yes, Don't do, uh, a good time, <laughs> do not threaten Yoda with.
1: No, no, I, I swear, the Florida man is a Sith because they seem to always be able to conquer death and do really stupid shit. And they always lived to tell the tale. I was reading about a Florida man whose wife shot, like, who who uh, woke up with a headache, and he went to the doctor and he had a bullet in his head because his wife shot him while he was asleep, and he lived. I swear there, Seth.
0: Mm. World kept... better, better get ready for Florida Yoda. Mm.
1: Oh, the power you will hold, my friend. The power you will
0: hold. Mm. What is this meth? Does it 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 doesn't oh, no. be stronger with the force. It no, does. It no, Ooh, Yoda, no. will oh. Oh, Yoda will try. Yoda will try. Oh, Yoda likes baths. Yoda will try these bath salts.
1: Goodbye,
0: Chris. You live with them. Oh, it tastes like lavender.
2: Shh, I gave him real bath salts. I didn't oh. give him the drug bath salts. I just gave him like bath, <laughs> bath salts from the from from my bathroom. He thinks it's drugs. I'm I'm letting him go and pretend he's in Florida. Did
1: you Did you give him like little pixie sticks so he thinks it's heroin? I
2: I took I took one of those little kids sleds and I and I and I duct taped my fan to the back of it and told him it was a, uh, it was one of those boats that they used to get around in Florida and everything oh. just sipped off.
3: Oh, so that's he's cute. He's
2: in his bath salts and and. Flo- and Florida cosplay in his swamp. Yeah.
3: Excuse
1: you, I'm doing a podcast. Do you want outside?
2: Oh my God, my! Yeah.
1: Can you hear her?
2: Well, yeah, you got my you got my cat's ears perked out, or she's got my cat's ears perked up. Who's that?
1: <laughs> I'll be right back. Let me let this let her out. I forgot you were in here. Come on, you. <laughs>
2: Notice how silently and, and daintily my cat just sits here?
1: Alright, so you ready to get into this? I am. Act one. Ah, ah, ah. We open with the Bad Batch, traveling along as they do. And Tech is giving Omega a brand new com device. And he's like, here you go. I treat you like an equal and she's like thanks tech and then because she's really adorable she starts playing with it and all the other people are like it's not a toy she's like this is absolutely a toy fuck all y'all I want to play with this all the time and so they are on their way to Ordman's hell because now that there's a bounty hunter after them they have to get some information because you know they want to know who's coming after their kid and Omega's like cool Let's go to a new place. And they're going to talk to a lady named, or I should say a person, because they don't know that Sid's a lady at this point. A person named Sid, who apparently the Jedi trusted, according to Echo. And Echo's like, yeah, Jedi went to this person all the time. And I heard about them. And if we're going to do anything, it's going to be with this person. And you know, for plot. And they're like, cool. So they land, and they start looking for Sid, and they're going all over the city. And Hunter's just like, now, Omega, do you remember the rules? And she was like, yes! Don't do anything I did last episode. And he's like, that's right, good job. So, they reach a parlor. And at the parlor, uh, it's kind of like a cantina with, like, nobody there. And there's, like, these two guys and a Trandoshan lady inside. And the two guys are, like, off to the side. And Echo's like, oh, wow, I recognize those two. I love them in Vox Machina. And they're like, what's that? He's like, it's fine. It's just a television show. Go watch it. And they ask the Trandoshan lady where Sid is. And she's like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. you got money? And they're like, no. And she's like, yeah, get out. So all the guys start arguing and they're like, Echo, we thought you met this Sid. And Echo is like, I never said that. And Tech says, well, that would have been nice to know that information. And they all look at Tech because they're like, you literally leave information away from us out of our conversations at all times tech pot calling kettle black and tech's like so so they're all like scrabbling about and like debating they don't know who they are and blah 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 and the bad batch boys are griping about it and during all this omega's being the child and she's poking stuff and and she's touching stuff and she looks up and she realizes that she realizes that sid's kind of like watching the guys and then because omega is smart she puts two and two together and she goes over and she's like you're sid aren't you and Sid's like you're the smart one aren't you and she's like yeah and then she's like hey guys i know you told me that this comm is not a toy but it was the only way to get all of your attention and i found Sid. she's right here so sid takes them all back to her office and it's a, a cool little treasure trove of stuff in the background except for the wiki fur which is kind of kind of scary um and she's t- she's like, yeah, the Empire came along and pretty much wrecked my business because I worked with Jedi, and it was great, and I had a really good deal going with the Republic, and now all the Jedi is dead, so I lost like all my clientele. And the Bad Batch is like, well, maybe we we could help you, you know, because we need to know who this Finnick Shan person is. And sh- but they, didn't th- they don't they really don't know who Finnick is either. And and Sid's so like, all right, I'll make you a deal. If you do a job for me, I will find out who this bounty hunter that came after your kid last week is. And they're like, oh, right. And she's like, cool. Welcome to the mercenary gig. And Echo's like, we're not mercenaries. And she's like, you are now. And Echo's like, oh, I don't like that. And so, Sid tells them that they are looking for a kid named Moochie. Those words. Who is captured on the other side of the planet by Zygerian slavers. And she... Definitely leads out a really, really big important thing that we will get to in act I believe three. And the Bed Batch is like, Cool, we can rescue a kid. That'll be easy. Let's go get the kid. And they head out to go find Muchi. What'd you think of Act One?
2: He's getting a little vibe of uh, Stinky the Hut there. Go find the you know, the rescue the kid. Uh huh. Um I well, miss one- Stinky. It was uh, good, to, um, good to see Ord Mantell again. And uh, you probably have never seen Ord Mantell because you I were think, youngin'.
1: Yeah, I think this is my first time seeing it.
2: There was when, when Scott Gardner and I were kids. There's a reference to Ord Mantell in,
1: um, in Empire. I in almost Empire. put that. I almost put that in my notes, and I decided not to.
2: Well, it became. A record, a Star Wars story record. Rebel mission to Ord Mantell that told the story of of Han Solo. I think Luke. I think Han Luke, the droids, Han are all in it, and uh, they run into a bar- bounty hunter on Ord Mantell.
1: Yeah, I was reading about that. Oh, it is in Son of Dathomir. Sorry. I technically have seen it because it's in the *Son of and *Mirror* comics, but this is the first time it's been on screen. Uh, okay, I believe so. I'm looking. Yeah, yep, yep. So it, it was it was in comics and stuff. Oh no, it, it, I think *Forces of Destiny* beat it. I take that back. *Forces of uh, Destiny* oh. uh, uh, beat it. The little YouTube web shorts. So it's oh, first time it's been in a show and/or movie. So,
2: um, we had our first *Book of Boba Fett* reference in this. Uh-huh. Which was a uh, Wookiee fur?
1: <gasps>
2: yeah, because oh. there was some a Wookiee fur offered by a Transdoshian. I believe it was the Transdoshians who who gave him the Wookiee fur. The Wookiee It pelt. was. It was. Um,
1: and on and on the flip side, Black Chrysanthem definitely ripped off a Transdoshian arm.
2: Yep. Not so a fan.
1: It, not a was, fan. It's so subtle, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm not here to be like, you know. Preach morals and stuff, but I do enjoy what like those little like subtle layers of showing like these two species hate each other. <laughs>
2: um so for
1: I, I... for for a note that only I believe Charles will get, it makes me really interested to see Buryaga and skier have a mission together in the High Republic era. I think that would be like really interesting to see where those two species lie 250 years before all this. That's a note for Charles. <laughs> So continue
2: um, I want. i I wonder whose clone helmet that was at Sid had.
1: I would have to go back and look because, um, it was in the concept art, and uh, but i I forgot to look in the actual episode because i I saw it in the concept art, but
2: um, one little detail I really loved in it, just a little it was it and it's hard to like put it it, it was um. When Sid goes, "You're the smart one of the bunch," and uh, and Wrecker just holds out his hand and I have that He slaps his hand, but like the timing of it and the rhythm of it in the dialogue and stuff was just just great, and it reminded me of uh, uh an uh, old BBC series that they used to run on MTV called "The Young Ones." And if you ever get a chance to watch the young ones they're hilarious. But there was one character who was like a stupid punk rocker and there was one guy who was the brains of the bunch and and every time they would do something they would sort of hand slap and then or if they if one guy ever if one of them ever made like money they would take the bills and rip them in half and hand them to each other. No. And it just reminded me of that little they, they it was just such a natural little thing between them. It was it was just a nice little touch.
1: Okay, I have opened a uh, a picture, and they look like one is a pilot clone helmet, and the other one looks like just a standard clone helmet.
2: So they look. I just pretty wonder st- if it's anybody we knew, but probably not. Probably just no, they, they,
1: they look pretty standard.
2: Um, my only other note is I uh, just like the part where where Echo is like. Yeah, you shouldn't sell humans. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's very bad to sell humans. <laughs> it's like it's just I a little will... passive aggressive little microaggression with, with uh with Echo on his uh, for for the last episode where they sold him into slavery temporarily.
1: I will come back to that because I have that in act too. <laughs> so and I have some notes about that scene too.
2: Um, but that's but... all I got.
1: But you're right, that is actually very, very much carried over from last episode. I didn't really I didn't think about that. Um, let's see. Um this act actually has the majority of my notes. <laughs> um, which is very weird. Usually I'm not act one heavy, so uh I'm just gonna go straight down. I've I know I've said this many times before already, but I love how they just write Omega as a kid and they let her play. And like like her getting the com device, of course she's gonna push all the buttons and talk into it and mess around with it. Um, and and they do this in Act Two as well when she gets left behind on the ship and she's like painting her doll to make it look like a bad batch doll, and she's like, she's a bad batcher. Like I love how they write her as a kid, and they let her play. Even if she's, like, in this, like, more, like, extreme world. Like, she still has those moments of being a kid. And I love it. It's just such good writing. Um, I don't know why it's interesting to me. But, because there's so much of, like, Echo we don't know. Because we had a little bit of him in the rookies episode where, like, there's Shinies. And then Hen and Fives, like, meet Rex and Cody. And then they become ARC troopers, and they're defending Kamino, and then he gets blown up, and then we don't see him again until, like, season seven. And then he's with the Bad Batch. Like, and Echo has all this, like, knowledge that we don't know about. Like, somehow he found out about Sid, and he knew that the Jedi trusted her. And so there's, all like, I feel like Echo is, like, the secret knowledge trove, because he understands, like, the normal stuff. He functions on a different level than the rest of the Bad Batch. And he has that moral compass. And like, I can't wait to get, I, I guess that's what this note is. Like, I can't wait to get more more Echo stuff because he feels just like this untapped well of knowledge because he at least was around normal people and was more aware of how normal people function. Unlike the rest of the Bad Batches we saw yeah, last but, week, have no but, idea how they work.
2: Then he got that almost wiped from him, though. You know, I almost well, they didn't, wonder. They didn't,
1: they didn't erase his memory.
2: No, but like they severely traumatized him, so it makes me like I I, I almost think of him as like, like when he was like ah oh, you know the the Jedi you know I heard about Sid from the Jedi because they were doing this, maybe he did maybe what what if he what if he picked that up when he was wired to the the you know the computer and was like monitored well, mon- monitored a little intel and it just registers in his memory as like because well, it was new. like there's there's chatter between the jedi and someone named sid on ord mantel and like it just went into his memory banks as the jedi trusted them you know or, or I you know i heard the jedi he could have heard the jedi talking about him on like a on a like a communication link that he was monitoring for the empire or not the empire but you know for yeah the separatists, it went, yeah. The separatists when he was doing so you know oh. it's it, but like I, I look at him as almost like a like a government MK Ultra survivor. You know, he's 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 almost like in like almost like reborn into the Bad Batch. You know,
1: my my note still applies then because then he still has all this like possible untapped knowledge that yeah. we just don't know he has. Yeah. So some of it could be from like when he was still an active clone, and the other could have been like when he was blocked it like tapped into the separatist system like we just don't know and that's I find that really interesting that he's kind of like the bank of all this possible knowledge (laughs) um I really like the moment where Hunter asks Omega if she remembers the rules about being on a mission. And, like, she's like, yes, don't wander off, keep my surroundings open, and only trust my brothers. And it shows that, like, both the Bad Batch and Omega are, are growing together. Because the Bad Batch probably never thought about teaching Omega how to function in a city or worry about stranger danger because they've only had her for, like, four days. And,. She probably she's never been in the city, so she had like we talked about that last week. Like she has no concept of like stranger danger because it's her first time being around people. So I like that, like that moment where Hunter and Echo are just like remember the rules now, and she's like yes, and because it shows that they're all learning and growing together, and it's a, just a really nice like kind of group character moment because
2: and she follows make- the rules too. She she mm-hmm. like in 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 another in any other show. When they told her to go back to the ship, she would have been like, I'm not going back to the ship. I'm going to follow them, you know, Mm -hmm. and that would have totally been the story in every show that had a kid with it would be like one of the constant story tropes and not her. She like she she like gets it, you know, she's already gotten it, you know, because it only takes once for Omega to learn something. And Mm -hmm. uh so she's already gotten she's already gotten the like what it's like to be in a team. So she, I mean, now she's got her comlink and now she's functioning like the team. She saves her ass.
1: Yeah, and um, that that's a good point. And I it takes us to another moment of her playing. Like she's like talking with Gonky, the their little Gonk droid, and like playing with him and. Yeah, she
2: can be even more like a kid because there's n- none of her peers are around. So she can just like, and Gonki ain't going to say anything but gonk.
1: Mm-hmm. Gonki is so cute. <laughs> there's there's one moment like where Records in the background where Gonki is over his shoulders and he's just doing squats. <laughs> and I'm like, that poor droid is probably like Records' main weightlifting thing. Yeah. Um, Omega's perception powers figures out Sid. That's all I wrote. <laughs>
2: Well, that was almost a meta thing of the episode because they they like because Omega didn't use like super deduction powers. It was it was the same powers that we in the at the same time we in the audience were going. That's probably Sid because the way she was reacting
1: and also like watching them.
2: Yeah, she was she reacting to their words and stuff and we watch it and go and we watch it and know that trope in a story and go like, Oh, that's Sid and and she and and it's almost like a commentary uh it like works along with the viewer's mind where they and she's like, You're Sid, you know, it wasn't she didn't like, you know, do some like detective work. She was just, just paying attention to the, the the scene and the the bad you know, and that's the thing is in, in those in shows like this, they always really over um, overshow, you know, the reaction of the character, like when when they say something like, oh, the Jedi, their head turns, you know, like that. So to, to communicate to the to the viewer. But it was just a neat touch that they had. They had an actual character pick up on it and go like, hey, uh, <laughs> over here, <laughs> mm-hmm. this person you ignored, you know, is is the person. But I thought that was a neat scene.
1: Mm hmm. And then just she gets to use her comm link, too. And she was just like, hey, guys, <laughs> I found I,
2: I, I'm i just really happy. I love Rhea Perlman. Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are are like one of my fam- favorite of all time Hollywood couples. They're both just that I've never seen them on screen or on TV where they weren't like the set. The, 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 the best married? thing on there. Yeah. They've been oh, married for like thirty years or, or I didn't more. realize they were
1: married to each other.
2: Yeah, they've been married to each other forever. They're they are like two pe they they were like, you know, that couple that was meant to get together. You could tell their their personalities and stuff, yeah. Yep. Now if they only get Danny DeVito on the show, that would be uh, that would be even better. I've been a fan of his since one flew of the cuckoo's nest. Oh,
1: they separated
2: Did they? My- Hold oh. on.
1: They separated for a second time in March twenty seventeen but remained on amicable terms and Perlman stated they had no intent of filing for divorce. Um she and DeVito had become closer friends and after their after their separations and they were in their final years as a couple. So they're still, I think, technically married, but
2: Yeah. They,
1: they're friends.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, Aww. I can't. But they're still technically married and friends. So open relationships are a thing. Um, Where am I? Oh, I mentioned last week uh, how I just love. Oh, man.
2: Could you imagine getting in on that relationship? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, maybe I would do it just to say that that just for the sheer freak factor. But like, like reaper Perlman Perlman and danny devito at like 70 years old like cruising out for let's go let's go find ourselves a date (laughs) (laughs) that's a movie right there that's a reality show or a fake reality show even better
1: um so last week i was talking about how you can pick up a lot of of especially echo and text characters about what they're doing in the background and um, I had t- talked last week about how I love like s- how soft Echo is with Omega. And we see that again this week where she like, they walk into Sid's office and she's like, oh, my God, a knife. And like he like grabs her hand and like shakes her his no. head like, don't touch that. No, no. <laughs> don't touch that. <laughs> and she listens like she's a. Uh, he he's so such a soft like like big brother to her and i love it
2: so i'm saying he's uh, he's also probably the most like like emotional because he's he not only was like brain destroyed by the 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 separatists but he was also before that he was blown up <laughs> mm-hmm. So like yeah,
1: this is the world of Bacta though. If like the, if they can yeah, read, like yeah. It's... But
2: st- I mean, you can heal somebody's body, but getting getting blown up and like brain trauma and stuff. I'm oh, yeah. doubt Bacta's is doing much for your brain. Getting shaken up in a giant explosion, and psychological damage. I'm sure the Bacta doesn't do much for your psychological damage. Which
1: we did see in episode one, where he woke up in a med ward and had a tiny freakout because he's all droid over him. We yeah. did see that in episode one. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, my brain just <laughs> funny story though about Echo. I like for like the first like most of Act One, for the life of me, I couldn't remember Echo's name. Like for the life of me. So I was watching this episode going what is his name? And I typed out Echo and I was like, that doesn't look right. Is that his name? I don't know. And then they got to the scene where like they're trying to figure out Sin. and they're like, good job, Echo. And I'm like, I was right. <laughs> like I had just this like brain dead moment for like five minutes today <laughs> where I could not remember Echo's
2: name. Hey, welcome to my whole life.
1: Oh my gosh. And like, I, I'm having pollen brain. If, if it sounds like I'm just kind of rambling tonight it's just because like my, I, I have this like yellow storm of like in my brain right now, it's like all I could like feel is pollen in my head.
0: The so, yellow storm.
1: Ooh. Ugh. For the storm, Charles. For the storm. <laughs> um. So I want to talk about Sid for a second because, uh, of course, we're watching this as people who have already seen all of season one. So she is a really good regular for the show. Um. I I like her, and like she doesn't have a big character arc over the course of the season. But she's definitely different at the end of the season from where she's starting here. Because you can see that, like, she's very cold towards them. She immediately likes Omega. Because, you know, she's the kid. And, like, she's like, oh, you're smart. So she, she immediately, like, likes Omega. But she does take a good chunk of the season to warm up to the rest of them. Um, and and I like that she doesn't go in, like, a huge character arc. But she becomes more their ally. And, um, so it's a very tiny character arc, but I also like her purpose in all this too, because we saw last week, they have no idea how to function. They didn't know to pay off, like how to pay off the guy. They didn't know how to haggle. Um, and they're just kind of trying to figure out how to function in this world.
2: No, but tech is catching on. Tech and Omega, like, seem to be the ones that catch on to stuff fastest. Tech is definitely like getting a a handle
1: on it yeah but now they have another ally to kind of help them with that too um and so while sid is slimy and will undercut them and as if i remember correctly it's been a hot minute since of course i've seen season one but if i remember correctly she she hits a point where she's not paying them like their their proper wages and stuff like that like she has those moments but we see her also like giving them pretty much a hard knock life to give them what they need to survive. Because this is a changing world. They can't be soldiers anymore. And and that leads me to my last note, which is uh the Bad Batch are now mercenaries. And like Echo has that moment of just like mercenaries. Because he's the moral compass. I'm like that's not okay with him. Um but it's I remember when they were promoting the show um, like the all the premises of the show before it ever started was just like, the Bad Batch become a group of mercenaries. And so everyone was like, oh, they make this active choice to become mercenaries. No, these dumb uh, boys uh, just uh, kind of stumble blindly. Into it.
2: No, that makes sense. That would be the, what they're best <laughs> suited for, whether it they is. like it or not, you know?
1: It is. and I, And I think that's such an interesting choice because they all kind of like, And that's that's a big part of the season is them floundering with this decision because like Hunter wants to keep them all safe but like they need money so this is kind of the best way to do it and then you have like Echo who's constantly like you know what we should do go fight with Rex (laughs) like and so it starts setting up some like like the fact that they're now mercenaries kind of sets them all off and like, you know, Ricker and just wants to fight tech wants to like just survive. And then Echoes just the, not Echo Omega's the kid. She's going to go with along with whatever they do. But like the fact that they stumble blindly into being mercenaries, something they are suited to do. It also sets up a lot of the drama of the season because it's not something uh, unlike the, all like the preview stuff and like the synopsis of the show before it ever started it's not something they chose it's something they just kind of fell into and Sid was like congrats you're mercenaries now and it's kind of forced on them which I think that's also part of the reason why Echo has a little bit of a problem with it because the clones were kind of forced into serving the Republic but now the Republic is gone they don't know what else to do all their other brothers got forced into the empire through Order 66, and now they're getting this new way of life forced on them, too. And I could see where Echo, who was best friends with Fives, and Fives was preaching individuality, I can see why Echo has kind of a problem with all of this because he keeps getting pushed into these situations out of necessity, but he's not choosing them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I just I find that so interesting that. Sid is the catalyst for this. And it's not a choice that they make. But they have to. <laughs> and it kind of sets up a lot of the drama. For the rest of the season. It makes me really excited for season 2. To see like, once they get more established. I I, I kind of want to. I don't know. I don't know if they would go a Rebels route. Where they kind of join the Rebellion. Or I, I don't know. I, don't, I It's hard to tell. Because I feel like if they go the Rebels route. It could be interesting. But also. I I don't know. Would it be retreading like stuff we've already seen? So I I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell.
2: We may never know that much, you know. We may never know that far. It's hard to say.
1: I know. We're already seeing the beginning of the rebellion with Saul Guerrero. Saul just was like, "Oh, new day, different enemy. Let's go."
3: (laughs) But that's all I have for Act One. Okay. I'm ready for Act Two. Alright,
1: give me one second, I'm going to blow my nose, I'm going to mute this so it's not gross.
3: I was just going to stay quiet to see how long you would do
2: that. (laughs) I can go longer. Alright, act
1: two. I'm ready. So the Bad Batch is flying to the other side of the planet to go find this Moochie person. And on the way, Wrecker's head is hurting. And that is scary. Be afraid that his head is starting to actively hurt for a few more episodes. And Omega, like... I forgot like...
2: this was a Moochie episode and I saw it was Rampage and I was like, uh-oh.
1: Nah, I... When does he die? I think that's the Rex... was it... It's the Rex episode that I think his chip goes off, if I remember correctly. I don't know, it has been hot... We'll get there eventually. <laughs> I don't remember. That was, like, last year. I don't remember what I did yesterday. Um, And on the flight over, Omega's like, Hey, guys, what's slave trading? And they're like, it's bad. It's where you sell people as property. And she's like, that sounds bad. And Echo's like, yeah, it is. It's really bad. Right, Hunter? Selling people as droids? Because <laughs> Hope forgot about that last week until Chris brought it up. And Hunter's like... So- I told you, sorry, man. we we needed the money. and it like, yeah, yeah. And he literally walks out the door. Um, so they land, and it's time to start the mission. And they all come outside and they get to the edge, and they have their little binocs. And like down below, in like the old city center of whatever, they see a captured, falling girl. And they're like, that falling girl must be Moochie. And Omega's just so cute. She's like, poor Moochie. I bet she's so scared. We have to go save her, guys. And Hunter's like, yes, we do, but not you. You're going to stay on the ship. And She just gives him this face. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, go on, go back to the ship. She's like, fine, but I don't like it. And she turns around and she goes back to the ship. And then the Bad Batch decide to move in, and they're going down in the city, and they're being all sneaky. And because they don't want to have crosshair anymore, Echo has to be the lookout. And he climbs his ass up on top of a building, and he's looking down. And, uh-oh, as he's looking down, we, the audience, see a giant creature nearby. And he's like, all right, guys, I see the people, and I also see the guards. And then he hears something, and he turns around, he's like, I don't think I'm alone. Give me a minute. And he's not alone cause there's a giant fucking flying lizard! And the flying lizard's like, "Hi, You're in my bubble space! And it smacks Echo! And Echo Falls and, like, hits the ground. And the Bad Batch are like, "Ah, oh, fucking lizard! And the Lizard's like, Hey everybody, we have intruders! And the Zykerians are like, Get them! And the, the, the Lizard's like, Look at me, Bad Batch! And... Did I start using that animal voice in the Zillow Beast episode? I think I did.
2: I was just thinking to myself. I was almost gonna make a note to say, "That's just that's how Hope thinks every animal talks." Hey, everybody! Woo! Ow! Why? Hi, are you let's sh- play. Why are sh- you me? killing me?
1: Ah, I think it was the Zillow Beast episode. I started using that voice. Oh, that was so long ago. Oh, <laughs> that was like what five years ago? Something like that. Um, anyway, so the Bad Batch are distracted and they get captured by the Zygerians. And during all this, at Sid's place, she's just like, Hey, shadowy employer, don't worry, my best people are on it. They're not getting captured right now, I promise, it's gonna be fine. And the, and the shadowy employer's like, you better believe that. And during all this... Uh... Uh, uh, where I lost my spot, where am I? Oh! During all this, too. Omega is playing on the ship. And like she has her little clone tripper doll that she got from Darth Buggles last week. And she's like, Look, Gonky! She's a bad batch member! And it's so cute. I love this entire fucking scene. I could watch it on repeat for like a day and I love it. But uh uh-oh. She hears somebody coming on the ship and she's like, They're back with Moochie! And then she hears, That's not them. And she like sneaks up into her bedroom. and She sits on the chair. She's really scared because the Daigarians are there. She's like, I gotta get off the ship. So she slips out of the ship, and somehow she goes through the floor to the outside. I don't know how because then when they get blown into space, it's Star Wars logic. Don't think about it. When she gets outside, and she runs away in a voice of and avoids the Zygerians. but she tries to call the Bad Batch from her brand new handy dandy com, but they don't answer. She's like, oh, "They must be captured." So, and they are. They are captured, and they're chained up with the prisoners. Omega's sneaking down there. She's sneaking down, and they see her and text like, "Fuck, Hunter, look up." And Hunter looks over, and so the Bad Batch have to, uh, have to like somehow tell her to go to the equipment. But in all this, this smug asshole leader person comes out. And he's like, "Hi, I'm Zygeria. I'm I'm Zygeria. I am all of Zygeria.
2: I <laughs> no. am Yeah.
1: I think his name is like Randy. (laughs) What was his name? I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Uh, His name is Rainy.
2: It says here in my Wikipedia his name is Frank Carlucci. What? I'm I'm just, I'm full of shit.
1: I don't know what that means.
2: It's just random.
1: Okay. That's okay. I'm really trying. Just an
2: alien named Frank Carlucci is funny to me.
1: Did I tell you that I'm trying to It would to all get...
2: be one word, though, in Star Wars land, but it would be funny if you just made something like Frank Arlucci.
1: Did I tell you that I'm trying to get Megan to name her new cat Fugless Caesar? Yes. Yeah, she started calling him Fugless in our group chat, so I think I'm winning. Anyway, so... Yes. Uh, 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 Rainy the Zygerian Frank Carlucci comes down. he's all like hello I'm evil and smug and now that the Republic is dead the Empire is awesome because I can have my slave trade again and Zygeria is back in business and the ba- bless the bad batch they're not obvious they are just like wow we could really stop you if we had our equipment over there and Omega looks over and she's like, ah, I gotta go over there. So Omega like crawls across like and, and Rainy just starts like like evil bad guy monologuing. <laughs> and during all this, um, Omega like sneaks down and she realizes that she needs a bigger distraction and she finds a Raincore in a cage. And she gets down there and she's get like climbs down, and she's like, Alright Raincore, let's go. But the Zygerians nab her, and they rip her away, and she's like, don't worry, I already did the thing, and she holds up the lock, and she's like, I freed the raincore. and now there's a raincore on the loose, bum, bum, bum. There was no clear break on this scene, so I just stopped when the raincore got out.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a hard time, too. Hey, listen. Yeah. I got some ammo in your Fugless battle here.
1: Oh! <gasps> Give it to me because I want her to name her cat Fugless.
2: If his name's Fugless, short for Fugless is, would be Fug, right? Yes. Fug is an actual word. I know it? it because I have a I have like a, a game that I play where you have to search out words and, and Fug always comes in hand, handy. I always thought it was it was just another way to say a swear word because there was a band called the Fugs and they were really rude. Oh. But... No, I just looked up the meaning of fug, F U G. The meaning oh. of fug is the stuffy atmosphere of a poorly ventilated space, also a stuffy or malodorous emanation. So it's it's a it's a it's a sort of stinky name.
1: Uh, see, I was I was trying to look it up cuz um the only difference between Fugless and Douglas is the F and the D. So I was like F O U G and I was like nothing's coming up with fug other nope, than a just town. just Fug. There is a town called Fug.
2: I like I I'm going to start and and the band called The Fugs actually makes more sense too. So
1: There's There's Fug is a commune department in the Grand Region uh, the Grandest region of France.
2: I wouldn't want to stay in that commune mm.
1: anyway, what'd you think of Act two?
2: I liked it. I have very little notes on it because all my notes are in Act three because I didn't know where Act two or Act three was, so I had to draw a new line um I liked the the the, the see like as far as Omega's learning the bad batch are also learning how to use omega and and how to trust her I like. the 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 line of just like you got it would be a different story if we had our gear and she's instantly like got it you know Mm -hmm. get them their gear you know it's they're they're seamlessly working as a team and uh, just a minor note I love the way I love in it happens a lot more in Star Wars than anything else especially in the animation where you don't have to build anything. And, you know, usually when you see a spaceship, it's all interiors and stuff. And, but even in the, it, they have a lot of, in, I just love the cockpits of Star Wars spaceships when they're on a planet and the sunlight's coming in. It's almost, it makes them more like a car. It makes them feel more like a vehicle to me and more realistic. And when she's just sitting around playing in the ship, it just reminds me of a kid like playing in their dad's van or something like that. Yeah. Like, and, like,
1: it reminded me of like when I used to. Now that you said that, like when I used to sit in the back of the station wagon with my sister.
2: And yeah, and it, it just grounds the the technology to have sunlight coming through it and stuff. It's just really neat. And uh, my only other note is the the Zigerians who come in and check out the ship are total like they're totally doing my teenager voice. They're like, oh, there's nobody in the ship. Let's go back to camp."
1: There's something about one of like the main none of guys. them.
2: None of the other ones talk like it, but both of those guys talk like board teams. Yeah. They're just like, "Oh, there's nobody here. Let's go." Their voice go is back. off. Can't it on.
1: really is. Like like when the like when, when the one is talking and they're like getting on. Like it's it's almost like it's not. It's
2: it's like when they got to that point where they were gonna dub their voices and they're like, "Shit, we didn't cast Zigerian number four and number six. And no, they just or, like, cr- it just
1: needed, like, one more run through with, like, audio editing. Like, it just sounds slightly off.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 like, the other Zygerians have a very mannered voice and very kind of intense. And these guys are just, like, yeah, like, they grab the engineer and just go, here, say this line. Oh.
1: Well, one of them was Whatever. Matthew Wood, and he is a sound designer
2: for <laughs> Focus Film. Okay. He's,
1: a, so. he's an Academy Award winning
2: yeah so he might have just been like shit I don't have a line for this pulled over the mic and was like oh let's go back to the ship yeah I just spoke I have a mic in front of me and I held my vape in front of my mouth and talked into it like a mic just there what is wrong with me
1: I'm now holding my mic up to my mouth too
2: yeah that's what it would sound like but this is what my this. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> sitting in my chair <laughs> talking into my vape
1: Oh, crap. I just put on chapstick while you were talking, and now I have chapstick on my microphone. I'm so sorry for, like, the wiping sounds. <laughs> we are a mess tonight. It's fine. <laughs> all right.
2: That's all I really had for part two.
1: Um.
2: I thought a lot of my part two notes were were are actually part three notes, so.
1: Well, I'm going to be continuing on your slave one, because I, I really find that it's such a short, short scene, but there's, like, three very different reactions in that scene. And there's a lot of layers that sets up a lot of the drama for the season. Um, It's not actually being about the slaves. Um, It's about how people are reacting to stuff. So, Omega, I like in that moment because Tech gives her the literal definition, and she immediately goes, "That sounds wrong." And so it shows that like she has like she's aware of like oh that's bad. Yeah. So she's learning, um, and I get the feeling that. Echo, because I forgot exactly what he says. Because, because he, cause right away he's just like, yeah, it's wrong.
2: He and, just very pointedly goes like, yes, it is, it is wrong to do that. <laughs> and like, I also like Hunter. You know,
1: <laughs> I also get the feeling like he would have saved Muchi regardless of pay, because that is Echo's moral compass. Like, of course they don't. At this point, they don't know that Muchi's a rancor. They just think she, he, she's a kid. All they know is that she's a kid. And
2: yeah, no, they're because, sort of committed to it no matter what at that point, though. Yeah.
1: But, but I, I still think like if if he had just found out there is a kid in trouble, Echo would have went to save it because right right after that, Tech is like, yeah, and we'll make some money. And Echo makes this face, turns and immediately walks out the d- door without another word. And it's it's an uncomfortable little yeah. moment. Well, for him. well,
2: Omega would b- also be like, yeah, we gotta save, we gotta save them no matter what, too.
1: Yeah, but like just seeing like that that response out of Echo is really interesting because he doesn't give a shit about the money. He would have gone there anyway, but he doesn't even say anything back about the money. He just turns and walks out the door. And I, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting little insight of like in each of their internal personalities. So, because Tech is being just a logical one. He's like, and we'll make money, which we need. Like, he's just being logical in that moment. But uh, there's definitely a lot of emotions that are unsaid and echo in that scene, Um, which I'll definitely touch back to over the course of the season, because he's constantly kind of nudging Hunter over the season, going, why are we floundering? Let's fucking do something. (laughs) I... I remember it being stronger the first time I watched it. I'm going to be interested to see if it's as strong the second time through. Because I definitely remember Echo getting to a point where I questioned myself of like, why is Echo still here? Why doesn't Echo go with, with the Rex? And the only thing I could think of was Plot because they didn't want to split the team anymore because they already lost Plot Crosshair. But So I'm going to see if I still feel that way when we get to that. Because I definitely had that moment of like, why is Echo still here? Other than out of duty <laughs> and plot. Um, I love how mega, oh, how like into this mission Omega is. Because she keeps having these lines of like, poor Moochie must be scared. We got it. And like, then she's like talking to her doll. Like, and she's like, we're going to go save Moochie now, doll. And I like, I love how into this mission she is. And then it hit me that she's probably going, oh my God, new friend. Because she just met, like, Cut and Sue's kids, and she's been around other kids, and now they, she knows that they're rescuing a kid, so she's probably having this, like, childlike moment of, new friend! Yay! And I'm like, that's so cute!
2: Yeah. And and, and nothing becomes of it, like, friendship-wise, sort <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I of. Lo- I think she's just excited to see other kids, because she's only ever been around clones, and then she met, like, Cut and Sue's kid. Those are, like, all the kids she's been around, so... I think it's just the possibility of her being like new friend.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs>
1: um, one of the things I really like early in the series is just watching the bad batch figure out new situations. Because they have that moment, they're like, all right, Tech, what are the odds? And he's like, I don't fucking know. I've
3: never been in this situation yeah. before.
1: <laughs> but I like that because you can see like the moment he realizes Omega's there, like you can see his brain turning, like, all right. We have an out. Yep. But I, I do like that moment that they're like, they don't have mission reports. They don't have generals. They don't have leaders. And it's them literally going, so we're chained to a fountain <laughs> right now. What yeah, we but it, it
2: turns out that they re- it really doesn't matter that they were chained to a fountain. Cause they could just rip those off at any time. They just were waiting for a little tactical advantage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Zygerians people- were
2: definitely way out of their league.
1: Like, yeah, and they're way waiting for more the
2: confident like, that they should have been, yeah.
1: Yeah. Though they they did have the clicker buttons that would shock them. Yeah. So they had but, to wait to the clicker buttons weren't there.
2: Yeah, but they I mean they could have torn them off at, at at any time too, like even with a you know, they were they, they, they were like they were like they could have torn them off, but they probably would have gotten netted again and stuff. But as soon as Omega showed up, they're like, Okay, now we can uh, Fuck shit we up. Start dealing with these guys. Yeah. They were just waiting. They were just waiting to to just to get their best chance. You know, they probably had a thousand chances before that, but they wanted, be- you know, a little better chances. They mm. knew they'd get them. So they're just waiting.
1: Also, their kid is there and they're like, fuck, yeah. Omega, don't get captured. <laughs> Cause then we have to save you too. Uh, and my last note is seeing two different kinds of underworlds. That are being affected by this transfer of power from the Republic to the Empire and how it's affecting them. Because um, so much of the Bad Batch is like showing the changing universe from Republic to Empire. And we see this in two different forms. Um, First of all, Sid, Her work is absolutely decimated because she worked with Jedi. And they're all dead. So she lost her payday. And so when we first get into her cantina, there's like what, like the two guys in the background, and she's fixing a machine by herself. And so, like, it, it's this kind of sad looking place. And you can tell. And she even says, like, my work dried up, and I had to like hide myself, like hide my past work because I worked with Jedi and that was dangerous. And then you see Zygerians. We know from Zygerian arc, the slaver arc in Clone Wars that the Republic had decimated Zygeria in the, in the slave trade. And, like, the Queen was, like, looking for a way to build back her empire. And then, of course, like, Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan showed up with Rex and and stopped them. But, like, that, that was why she was siding with the Separatists, because she was looking for a way to build back up her empire, because the re- Republic destroyed it. But now that the Empire's here... Like the Zygerians are like, we have a chance to rebuild our empire. Let's do this. Like, and, and uh, it's in the background. Like I really, you can only really hear this. Like if you have the subtitles on, but when the evil bad guy Zygerian is monologuing while Omega is like trying to open up the Rancor cage, he talks about that. He's like, we are going to be pairing with this empire to rebuild our glorious. Yeah. We're going to go back
2: and get what's ours.
1: Yeah. And he talks about that in the background and because you know Palpatine don't give a shit about slaves, like he's gonna be like, "Yeah, let's go. Can I have some for my Death Star?" Well, let's yeah, go. that's
2: that's the thing is if 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 the Zygerians get to be a pain in the ass, he'll just take their slaves, <laughs> kill yeah. them, and take their and slaves. You and know, take
1: them out. And so I, I think that's just one of the interesting things of showing of like different under like not just are the clone world the clones world changing and like every normal everyday citizens worlds are changing. But we're seeing that the underworld is having to change as well.
2: Yeah, and it's well, the underworld's all going to be all filled with all kinds of power vacuums, and yeah, mm-hmm.
1: because we, uh, uh, especially because like we get uh, like a little mention of the Huts in this one too, because like, the, like, because like now Jabba's having to like get a rancor from Sid of all people, mm-hmm. who's like business is decimated. So like, what's going on with the Huts now, like, in in this vacuum? Because the Huts, the Huts were allied with with the republic because that's the whole point of the clone wars movie was let's rescue stinky so the huts will let us use their hyperspace lanes and make an alliance with the republic and now the republic's gone so like what are the huts doing now because are they still friends with the empire they seem pretty cushy with them in the original trilogy because they're still there and not blown up (laughs) so and, and i know there are supporting materials that goes into that like the huts pay their taxes, so the Empire leaves them alone, (laughs) because they're like, thanks for the money, you keep doing your corner of space, and we'll keep doing our corner of space, and we'll just stay away from each other, but it is fun, like, seeing it here, like, you know, all the different kind of underworlds being affected by all this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's all I have for Act 2. Did you have anything else? I do not. (sighs) You want to go ride the Rancor?
2: Wrap this moochie up.
1: Ride the Rancor into the sunset?
2: Mm.
0: Ride Mama Hut into the sunset. Ew. And beyond.
1: Though, Lego Star Wars is about to come out, and Mama the Hut is a playable character.
2: hmm mm. hmm Yeah, well, they better get Mala there pretty soon. That's all I gotta say.
1: <laughs> I'd have to check. There's 300 playable characters. Oh, Jesus. I had to double-check, so... Anyway, X3! X3! So there's a Rancor on the loose, and the Bad Batch are like, Oh good, look at that big distraction! And they just kind of like rip off their chains, and they start freeing the other prisoners. And Omega runs up to the Falling Girl, and she's just like, Hi, Moochie! I'm Omega! Let's be best friends forever! Do you like dolls? I have this doll, and I have a gonk and we can play forever! And stuff like that. And the Falling Girl's like, I'm not Moochie. That's Moochie, because Sid didn't tell them that the kid is a baby Rancor named Moochie. And the Bad Batch are just like,
3: Oh! Fuck! How are we gonna get that on our ship? How are we- what the fuck? Okay,
1: well let's go save our Rancor, I guess. So the bad bad split up, and Omega and Echo are taking the prisoners to safety, while Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker go after Moochie. And Moochie's just like, I was hurting, and I'm scared because I'm a baby. And then the giant, like, lizard is just like, Hi! I'm
0: here to fight
1: you! And he's like, so in, because the Zygerian boss is on the lizard. And Moochie's like, Ow, don't hurt me! And just before the Zygerian boss can get Moochie, Hunter swoops in there and punches him in the face. And Hunter and the Zygerian boss start fighting like, like they start battling. And during all this, the big lizard and Moochie fight like a very small kaiju battle. And Moochie's like, I'm gonna beat you up. And the giant lizard's like, I will fight you now. And Moochie's like, I'm gonna bite you. Aye. And the lizard's like, "Oh my tail. And the big lizard flies away into the sunset. And Moochie's like, I did it! Yeah! And Wrecker shows up, and he's just like, hey Moochie, I'm here because Tech tells me I have to show you my Alpha Authority. And Wrecker's like, fuck yeah! And so Wrecker runs in there, and he's just like, I'm gonna fight you, Moochie! I hope I don't hit my head a lot in this episode, and that you don't headbutt me multiple times, you know, FOR PLOT REASONS, and Moochie's like, I'll fight you too! During all this, Echo and Omega are getting the other people to safety, and, during all- and in the midst of all this, Omega finds her power bow. This is important because it becomes her weapon for the rest of the season, and she's like, this is cool thing, I have a weapon now. And they get the prisoners to safety, and Echo and Omega start heading back to with re- re- the rest of the group. And when they get there, Moochie and Wrecker have tuckered each other out. are just basically, like, gently slapping each other in the face. And finally, Moochie falls over while the rest of the Bad Batch are just like, oh, they're cute together. And Wrecker falls over and he's like, Shut up. That was really tiring. And they're like, You're getting old, Wrecker. And he's like, Shut up! I have a headache. For future plot reasons. So back at Sid's... <coughs> so back at Sid's, uh, Bib Fortuno shows up. And he's just like, Hey... Where's my Rancor? Jabba wants to know where 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 my Rancor is. And so it's like, it's it's coming, bib. Like keep your keep your your bib on, bib. And he's like, ha ha ha, ha, I haven't heard that one before, you lizard lady. She's like, look, Dude. It's not that important of a Rancor. It's not the one in Return of the Jedi like all you know they made sure to confirm that so like we're not gonna fall in love with Moochie just to watch her die in like few movies so it's not like an important rancor like keep keep your shirt on and they hear a roar outside and Bib is just like oh, my my rancor and they run outside and there's the bad batch and most importantly Omega is riding the rancor very much like her brother will do in 30 years on Tatooine and the book of Boba Fett. And Bib is just like, MOOCHIE! And Moochie's like, oh, PERSON, I guess. And he and he's all excited, he like rubbed Moochie's little face and Moochie's like, I had the best, scariest time. And he's like, I know, we'll get you home. And Bib Fortuna pays Sid and gets on out of there. And Sid's like, hey you, Rambo, come with me. And she brings Hunter into her office and he's, and she's like, here's like 30% of the money because I fucked you over. He's like, thanks. And so she turns on a picture of Fennec Shan and, and she's like, this is Fennec Shan. She's played by Ming-Na Wen, who's amazing. And she's in the live action show. So, you know, like, you don't have to worry about her dying here because she has to be alive in 30 years. So, like, she's not going to die, which is fine. But she's a big problem for you because you're a fictional character and she's coming after you. And she's new to the business and she's really cool. So you're fucked. And she's like, but you don't have to be fucked because if you want to be a partner, you need work and you need money and you need allies. And Hunter says, cool, I'll think about it. She's like, think about it. It's kind of weird that a bounty hunter is coming after a group of clones with a child. That's kind of weird, don't you think? And Hunter just looks at her. And she just smiles and she's like, all right, see you on Monday. We're blackmailing you now. Bye. The end.
2: (laughs) I guess she's sort of blackmailing him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because she's like, don't you need allies? And he's like, I'll think about it. And she's like, oh, well, let me know that I know that there's something up with you. He's like, well, okay, I guess we work for you now. Thanks.
2: One of my favorite little scenes in this just sort of went by real fast, but, and maybe it only means something to me is I love how that Zygerian pieces out like Grievy. He does a total Grievy and just like, I'm getting on my dragon and going. Just like, yep. Zoop. I'm out of here. Yep. Um, then a little while after that, there's an almost Wilhelm scream. Like someone falls and it was almost a Wilhelm scream. And I'm wondering if maybe like Hollywood is trying to craft a new Wilhelm scream now that everybody's. Um n- everybody in the world now recognizes a Wilhelm scream, whether they're gonna try to make a new one. I, I just heard do. a
1: Wilhelm scream in amphibia over the weekend because Wally gets eaten by a snake and makes the ah <laughs>
2: Um Yeah, there's two 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 Book of Boba Fett um parallels here that that like like um um Wrecker and the Rancor Fighting each other till they just sort of pass out together is is very much like Grogu and the Rancor. Maybe Grogu and maybe Grogu's personality will end up being more like Wrecker. He's kind of <laughs> over overpowered and he's been hanging out with Boba Fett or with 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 uh, Dinjar and I mean Boba Fett with Din. Well, yeah, I guess he probably did hang out with Boba Fett a little bit, but but um, you know, he 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 could be a Wrecker. You know, he could. He's you saw how like he he likes he he's kind of like and kind of like got a little id going on, you know. He likes his food and and now that like he's gonna become a Mandalorian, he's gonna start like fighting along with Din Djarin. And so hopefully he'll be sort of like a wrecker and just like, yeah,
1: <laughs> kill. That would be amazing if he yeah. was just like, fuck, yeah! yeah,
2: why? Yeah. Why does he have, you know, I mean, he's just a little kid now, so he's kind of sweet. But, you know, I mean, he could he could be a real bruiser. And basically, Rancors are like the Star Wars version of the Hulk. I love them. Like, I Muchi like you can like there's aggressive animals and there's rancors. The rancor is like almost like a wrestler. It's, it's, it's just going and attack. Like as soon as it sees, you know, Oh, there's somebody up on top of that building. I'm going up there, you know, Oh, here's a dragon. I'm going to grab his feet and smash him into the ground. You Mm -hmm. know, there's no thinking there's no sizing up. It's just like for move forward and smash. I love it. Um, my only other note is, uh, it was, it was, and and of course, there was a parallel of also of Omega riding a a a Rancor, which is now you know.
1: Of course, Boba Fett did it. Yeah, I actually. Yeah. And, 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 and basically, think, she though, so. is
2: Boba Fett, you know, in a way. Yeah. So that there's that, but my only other note is the the scene where Sid gives the uh, the Fennec Shan exposition totally reminded me of a scene out of a video game, you know. Here's Fennec Shen, you you know, she's the, uh, for example, picture. It just, it just had a very video game exposition feel to it. I'd not say that's a bad thing. It just, it just felt like that. That happens a lot in movies and TV shows now because video games are like, they're the number one media, really. So like video game tropes are starting to show up because that's how people, you know, that's the language of stories these days a lot of times but that's all I got for act 3
1: this is the act with my least amount of notes um I just love that that moment where they're just like the rancor is (laughs) moochy like the oh shit look on all their faces of just like oh that would have been nice to know before Mm -hmm. we took the job and that's the reason Sid would have been like hey if Sid was like go get a rancor they would have been like no (laughs) <laughs> no thank you we'll find another job then but nope she was she was very smart and she I, handled I, it
2: very well without lying
1: and yeah because i was listening to her in act one when she was like presenting it and she was right. like go get a kid named moochie and that she's not lying because it's a baby ring so it is a kid named <laughs> she was very careful um i really like seeing omega's power bow and like how she gets it i, I forgot that she got it in this episode um, until I saw those Igerians using the power bow, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Meg like, is gonna get her power bow." Um, I enjoyed the tiny kaiju battle. The very yes, small, yes,
2: mi- like a mini kaiju battle. Yeah, not, mini as in it was short, and mini as in the kaiju's were kind of smaller than you normal. They were like mini kaiju's. It was just cool.
1: It was cool, and like the tiny kaiju battle was actually longer than Wrecker and and Muchi fighting because I yeah. cut away from that. And it's it was just cool to watch like the lizard just like being just like ah! and Bucci just like grabbing it by the tail and just being like I'm gonna bite you on the ass ah! <laughs>
2: over and over and over again and then so beat it you on the away. ground. It was great.
1: Yeah, yeah, really love the tiny kaiju battle. I could always use more tiny kaiju battles in Star Wars. Just throwing that. Out those there.
2: kind of, those kind of fights are the stuff that kids love too. Like little kids are just like yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, here's my question, and. I don't know and it's really like what came first chicken the the chicken or the egg kind of question. Because Bad Batch animation has to be done so far in advance, but we know that they were planning the kind of crossover shows early on and stuff like that too. So do you think Bad Batch had Omega I'm just going to um, do you think that when they made Bad Batch, they were aware that Boba Fett was going to eventually write a rancor or do you think Boba wrote the rancor because Omega did it here or did they come up with this at the same time?
2: What do you it think? could be? It could be either a combination. They, they They could have been doing stuff. They could have been just doing stuff in the show and been like, let's remember all the things that Omega does. In the show like some memorable things that omega does um you know so and maybe we can tie them into boba fett when we get to writing that they could have done that or they could have been like they wanted you know because they know that they, i mean they obviously know like omega and boba fett are like pretty much clones of each other but like I tend to think that they knew Boba Fett was good because, I mean, they they also link, you know, I mean, it purposely got linked to tattooing, you know, which could have which you you could, you know, when you do it in the show, it just becomes sort of a reference or an Easter egg. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, tattooing. Yeah, the Hutts have have um, rancors. But at the same time, like, the thing about it is Muchi was showing a few signs, like, the whole thing of, like, well, the an alpha and you beat her in battle and then you'll be friends and all that and stuff like that. But, like, the way she was, she was sort of bonded with Bib Fortuna, though, because he was like, ah, and when he saw her, he was like, hey, Muchi, you know? So, like, you know, it was like, you know, they were obviously had that, like, friend pet relation, you know, bonding bonded relationship, which is something that got shown in Boba Fett. So I, I tend to think that they, that they knew that they were going to, that they were going to do that. Like, and, and Boba Fett riding a rancor is like something that comes up in a, in a, like where you're just spitballing stuff and someone goes, put a pit, someone probably went, that's ridiculous, that's a little over the top, and then this, they went, well, well, now wait, let's put a pin in that, they're gonna be on tattooing, you know, and, and it could, you know, could have got worked into that, but I tend to, I tend to think they sort of knew where they, they were going, but they, you know, they were like, let's put, you know, we know we're gonna put Boba Fett on a, on a rancor let's do it in the animation too and they sort of like to do that with the animation too is have little things that show up later on in other things you know
1: i'm under the presumption so i guess i didn't
2: really answer it
1: (laughs) (laughs) my my assumption um just knowing how long animation takes to make and the fact that ming na wen was not supposed to survive season one of the of the mandalorian which was something that they had to kind of like put her into season 2 and then like rewrite a lot of that i'm i kind of feel that omega did it first and then when they were eventually writing season of uh, the, the book of boba fat they were just like you know it would be cool if we made this connection because or, or
2: they were like hey there you know i but i'm you know what though i'm surprised though that they didn't make it Moochie, you know
1: Oh, Maybe what the do they ever name the Rancor in but they
2: bring it though the 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 fets the Huts yeah. Bring it. yeah and it's like been and it's been up and like the the implication is the Danny Trejo character has been the one who's who's only dealt with it you know, since it was small and like maybe it's been blinder the whole time, or only has seen him before. Because it is
1: very tiny compared to the big ass rancor, and we. But it, it's also thirty years in between. We don't know how fast rancors.
2: And I think they age. keep. I think they keep referring to the rancor in Boba Fett as him too, and, and yeah,
1: yeah. So, so it's it's hard. That would have been a cool connection.
2: Any any uh. Any bad batch or or uh book of Boba Fett writers out there, write in and and uh fill us in. We want to yeah. know, yeah.
1: But I'm I'm under the like it was one of the I could see them now where they were like where Dave was just like, you know what, my cowboy hat tells me that Star Wars it rhymes, and because Omega wrote a Rancor and we're bringing in a Rancor, Boba should write sure. the Rancor too, yeah, like. Yeah. But just because the nature of animation has to be done just so early, and we know that like scripts had to change to accommodate Finnick being in season two and later, um, so I, I I tend to lean towards that they added it because Omega did it first, and they wanted that connection between Boba and Omega. Um, but it I th- it's it's a cool. It actually like it's one of those things that like rewatching the series now, knowing the book of Boba Fett. There's a lot, you know, because Bib Fortuna's there too. Like, you see Bib Fortuna here with the Bad Batch, and we know that Boba's going to kill him in 30 years. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of cool, like, little connections kind of circulating between the two shows, which which is really neat to see. And, and that's why I keep feeling, like, I, I'm feeling that, like, Omega, either Omega's going to have to show up in that show or Boba's going to show up in this show because they're starting to connect these two way too much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's inevitable that there and and I would have to assume that my guess would be Boba shows up in this show because I think if Omega showed up in the live action show there'd be a lot more explaining to do because Ahsoka is one thing Ahsoka's been here for ten years um, and even like Star Wars fans who didn't see Clone Wars were kind of aware of who Ahsoka Tano was because she was just kind of there and like in in like the conversations and stuff like that. Because she, you know, 10 years is a very long time. We've only had Omega for a year, less than a year, actually, because the show started May 2021 and it's not even May 2022 yet. So, less than a year. So, I feel like it's going to be Boba showing up here because it would take a lot of explanation for Omega to show up and Book a Boba Fett.
2: Mm-hmm. But I don't
1: know. They might. Yeah. Catbabe yeah. showed up. There,
2: yeah, there might be a lot of explanation between now and then. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. yeah,
1: we'll see how it goes. So. Um, uh, but that's all I have for Rampage. Did you have anything else? I did not. All right. We'll score up the show, Chris.
2: I gave an eight out of ten. I thought it was a uh, 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 just a good, solid episode with some great, great moments. Of- uh, mostly the you know the best being the Moochie moments and then a bunch of little tiny moments in it. It's a it's a nice it's a good episode, solid. Not but not stellar. Not yeah. standout.
1: Yeah, I agree. I also give it an eight out of ten i am it's it's better than average because you know it's not just like it's fine no it's a good episode and it brings in sid it sets up a lot of the drama for the show yeah um it's nothing like i i really enjoy the tiny kaiju battle it's really fun um and i like seeing those connections going between bad batch and boba fett starting to like kind of build more where you can see where they built off this show um, but like, it's still not, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not as juicy as the last few episodes, but yeah, I agree. It's a fine episode. I also gave it an eight out of ten. So yeah. Well, as always, we would love to hear feedback on iTunes, Twitter, and the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Facebook for our Mandalorian episode, The Prisoner. Take it away, Chris.
2: All right. It's, it's good. The Mandalorian went so by so fast. It's nice because, uh. We still get a little little bit of it in the feedback as as it catches up, but not for long. Not for long. All right, the first the first one comes from Paul C Kelly.
3: Ooh,
2: yeah. When Hope was talking about Mayfield being a bitchy imperial, Chris compared him to Elliot in the movie ET, retorting back to his older brother, saying it was nothing like that you asshole. The name he calls his brother, though, is slightly more creative. and the only movie I recall, this name being used, and that name was penis Breath, and I can't believe I didn't remember it because it's like one of the big <laughs> ones. Like I've listened to the recording of e t that that Scott Gardner and I made in the movie theater, you know, like we listened to it hundreds of times as kids, and I've listened like it's it's one of our podcasts in Two True Freaks. In uh in um in our comment one of the commentary monthly Mondays. And the 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 audience the audience just goes nuts. There's nothing
3: like that, penis breath. Elliot. <laughs> Sit down. You know.
2: <laughs> and uh yeah, it's great moments in cinema. All right, and the next one comes from Aaron Henley. And he says, uh I know I was in the more minority on the release uh, for this one, but I just didn't get what the big deal about Bill Burr being in it was. Once we saw more of him in season two, it improved this episode a lot to me. The fact Mando didn't kill anybody, though, I still think Clancy Brown's Devorian character should have had a snap neck or spine, proving he's a hero. Proved he's a hero. Bally well, he did have a snap. Didn't it snap one of his
1: uh, horns? Both of his horns, horns off.
2: Yeah, his horns off. Um, seeing David in the next wing was probably one of the greatest moments of his life. He got to be the fanboy we all dreamt we could be, not just making Star Wars but being in it. And in The Fighter, 80% of us will sell our soul to be in. Nice cameo by Matt Lanter, too. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, like, it would be weird. Like, I could totally see myself, like, if I was, like, Dave Filoni and you get the see and then, like, seeing it on the screen going, like, I would like just from how I know how I react to listen. Well, I've seen my face on the screen, too, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's if, ugly. if I
1: remember correctly in my background notes for that, like Favreau had to make Dave do it. And he was like, trust me, this will be very helpful as you're learning how to direct live action. And if I remember, like Dave was like super nervous about it because like he just said, been... I'm not
2: an actor, you know, yeah. like, now I'm going to be cemented in Star Wars and all that and like that's that's how i would feel about it and and then i would see myself and i'd be like oh god i look so ridiculous there but if dave Filoni, if you're listening you did fine you were fine yeah, you were it was fine. it was you it, it was it, you know you're not going to win an oscar but it was it was fine it was it and was it worked perfectly in in the context of what it was and like if if I didn't know that, you know, since we do all the trivia and stuff, if I was just watching the episode, I'd be like, oh, they're, you know, they got, a, got a little, uh, you know, a little character actor on the side to go in there. And Star Wars is actually infamous for having, you know, people on the set and friends of George Lucas just sort of wandering around on set too. So there's a lot of super nerdy people wandering around in the background of Star Wars movies for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost as many as in Star Trek movies.
3: Mm. <laughs> well,
1: candy. It's not time. Now if I think Now,
2: I think we did Knoppers before, but this is a different Knoppers.
1: I don't remember it, but, you know, I'm always for more food. I
2: well, just remember you... the name Knoppers sounding v- vaguely, like, obscene. Now that you said that
1: I seem to vaguely remember you saying something along those
2: lines (laughs) Well if you don't know This is a knapper nut bar
1: Well if you don't know Chris hates American Kit Kats Because he's a weirdo so our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eden Vita, sends us candy from all over the world to review to please Chris Chris's candy cravings. And this week we have the Knopper Nut Bar from Germany. Thank
2: you, and Dario. I, mine it. broke in half and I and now I can see the rock layer. I think one of the I think the top layer is toffee and nuts. It's drier oh. than
1: I thought it was gonna be. This tastes familiar. Now that it's in my mouth it's it's weird because it's has a little really, hazelnut in there it's weird because it's both chewy but also uh-huh. really dry i i don't know like it's a weird texture i'm very much a mouse feel person i'm one of those weird people
3: hmm
2: and it's not and, and you can tell it's not that the candy bar is dried out it's supposed to be like you, you can, it's mm-hmm.
1: You know how, like, there are certain ingredients that make your mouth water, and then there are certain ingredients that make your mouth dry?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: This is, like, both. So, like, when I right. first put into it, yeah. it makes my mouth dry, but then the chewy parts that I have to chew makes it water. It's a then very it makes it sensation.
2: water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it goes It's a very strange
1: sensation. Because it feels like I'm biting into air, and then I suddenly have stuff in my mouth that I have to chew. It's very... Well, maybe it's the Germans.
2: They're they're so they've done candy so long and they've mastered it so much that they're kind of kinky now, and they're like, let's make let's let's challenge ourselves to make a candy bar that's dry at first.
1: Because I definitely don't hate it. It's really tasty, but at the same time, I'm just like,
2: no, I'm just three quarters of it while thinking about it, like and enjoying it. So. Mm-hmm. It's just unusual.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a strange, but it's a it's a tasty, strange candy, and I don't quite
2: like get your it. first impulse is to be like the wafer. the The wafers are stale in it, but they're not really. No,
1: no, they're not. they just first, not
2: very meant. There's just one little thin layer of wafer, so it doesn't get that crunch.
1: Yeah, my because my first impulse was just to grab my. Chewy and stuff, Ah, but that was that was interesting. Mm. I really that was a weird one. Thank you, thank you, Dario.
3: Yeah, thank you, you, Dario. Well, did you have anything else for reunion?
2: Um... Or sorry, rampage. Rampage. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the episode other, list. I have ten pages of notes for a reunion, but that's not till like later in another dimension where there's an episode of the Bad Batch name reunion. But
1: there, there is in two weeks. I, I was pulling up the episode list, and so I can be like, and join us next week for blah blah blah." And I was looking at the word reunion, mm. <laughs> so mm. so I'll take that as a no
2: what's up? no i have nothing else to say i'm still eating this goddamn chocolate bar that i'm really enjoying <laughs> now
1: <laughs> well in that case you can find us at the two true freaks network that's where you can find all of our podcasts our full network of just bursting at the seams podcasts if you like power rangers we got it if you like star trek we got it if you like comics we got it we got it and it's all there over at twotruefreaks.com. our beautiful website You can also find us at the Two True Freaks Facebook page where we post all of our shows and you can go and comment and talk with us and stuff like that. We also have the True True Freaks Cantina and that's more of like a hangout place. It's more populated than, say, Sid's Cantina which only had, like, you know, Liam O'Brien and Sam Riegel in the background. No, you can come and you can, like, post nerdy stuff and we'll chat with you. It's a lot of fun. But if if you're a little bit more like me, and you're just like, you know, like, and Facebook has, you know, become crazy. It's not quite my thing anymore. You can come hang out with our dear darling, Gene Gene, the podcast machine.
2: Gene.
1: Where he posts all of our shows. You can go say hi to Gene. You know, and also go give him some love. He works really hard. He posts every show at the Two True Freaks Twitter page. And that's it. Where you could find Chris, where can you find me?
2: Oh, dear God, Hope, you just screwed me into a corner, man.
1: <laughs> you can find me at J Guys and Jedi on right, Twitter. No, you I want to try it? I, I,
2: I want to thread through it because all your stuff, like, is is jumbles in my head. And, like, yes, uh, y- you can find Hope on Twitter. She runs our yeah, both at uh, Hope Molynex at Twitter and she runs our Twitter feed for J Guys and Jedi as guys, Jedi at Twitter, right? Is that right? Correct. That's right. That's right.
1: Geeky Waffle.
2: Yeah, you can also find um, at uh, Hope at Geeky Bubble, where she. Um, oh, no.
1: Waffle,
2: waffle. Geeky Waffle, where she, <laughs> where she bubbles, where she her bubbling personality is on many podcasts, and you do blogs there too, right? There yep, are I, blogs all like for, geeky girl.
1: Yep, I, I I write for the Geeky Waffle. Um, I cross-post uh, Geeky Girl Experience, but I, I write for the Geeky Waffle, and I am sometimes hanging out with my friend Arzu over on Space Waffles. Yes, their
2: Star- Space Waffles. Yes,
1: that's their Star Wars podcast. And sometimes, on a rarer occasion, you can find me out of straight out of. You can find me at Straight Out of Home Video or the Geeky Waffle podcast as well. Those are also Geeky Waffle shows. So you try, Gold Star.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: My stuff is constantly changing, so I I, I I give you.
2: My stuff has been the same for the whole show. That, that's the sad truth about us, Hope. <laughs> you remain dynamic and changing. I just sit here. Dynamic.
1: Dynamic changing, looking to get paid, it's fine. <laughs>
2: Try
1: new things until you get paid.
2: <laughs> well, that's something we both got in common, so.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, I'm super excited for next week's episode because, if you guys remember, when we did Clone Wars Season 7, my girlfriends, the Martez sisters, especially Trace Martez, the girlfriend of Ahsoka Tano, is going to be back in next week's episode, being... Decommissioned, which is the title, but I just like to call it the Martez Sister episodes because my Martez sisters are back and I'm so happy to see Trace and Rafa. And one of my favorite weeks in the fandom was watching all the dude bros being like, Bad Batch is awesome, and then you get to this episode they're like, "The fucking Martez bad, 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 I'm like, fuck all y'all. why, why? I'm having the best time right now. <laughs> <laughs> so come back next week for us to talk about Decommissioned.
2: Bye bye.
1: Bye. I did a pretty good job re- remembering your stuff.
2: Yeah, no, you had that, that <laughs> down. You had it down like me. <laughs> I've only
1: I've only heard it for seven years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've only heard your shit for seven years. <laughs>
0: Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S
2: You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com
3: By the way, Leia, just which planet is it that we're bound for? Ord Mantell.
1: We lift off at ten hundred hours for Ord (laughs) Mantell.